Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19, Gospel of Luke. Uh, you try to pick a favorite story, and it's almost impossible to do when you look at the Bible. One week, one thing is your favorite, and the next week, the, something else your favorite. Uh, and I was telling the men's class that probably, again, it's hard to pick, but I think John chapter 11 is one of my favorites where Lazarus is raised from the dead. And y'all are going to have to bear with me. I can't even talk today. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on with me. I never can do good. But anyway, it's worse today. But Lord be with us. But today I want to talk to you about, that. If, it were, if it were titled, it would be, When the Man of Little Stature Met the Great Savior. Amen. When the Man of Little Stature Met the Great Savior. Let's look at Luke chapter 19 and verse number 5. And the Bible says this, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at your house. Today, not tomorrow, not next week, today. I must abide at your house. When the little man met the great Savior. Uh, this is the first time that we read that Jesus, in his walk on earth, physically invited himself to somebody else's house. He said, I'm coming. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he had a lot of compassion and a lot of grace as he did that. Uh, Isaiah 65 verse 1 says this, I am sought of them that ask not for me, I am found of them that sought me not. Amen? We, you and I, ought to invite Jesus to our home. Boy, got quiet right there. We should at least accept his offer to come to us. Jesus, who knew and knows the heart of man, saw in Zacchaeus a spirit of reception. Now, perhaps, friend, at this very hour, Jesus is pressing himself upon you. There may be something in your life, maybe something in my life, that makes us feel as though we're unworthy to entertain the Lord. No doubt Zacchaeus felt this way, for Zacchaeus was a hated man. People hated Zacchaeus. He was, he was a publican, a tax collector with a bad reputation. He was rich, but he got his money by the wrong means, didn't he? He was eccentric, or else he would have never climbed up in that tree. He was excommunicated from the Jewish society because he had left his upbringing to become this Roman tax gatherer. He was working for the other side, Scotty. And, and he was doing things when, when Rome wanted X amount of dollars, he'd get X amount plus to pad old Zacchaeus' pocket with, amen. Uh, he, was, uh, he was rich. The Bible says he was rich. Let's read chapter 19, beginning verse number 1. The Bible tells it much better, as you know. The Bible says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. 
And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and saith unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Now you can read that verse and go home and say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord, can't you? The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Amen. Uh, to such a man, a lost man, came Jesus. My friend, is he coming to see you today? Could be. He might be knocking on your door today. Maybe he's knocking on the heart of the door of your heart, saying, let me in. Maybe somebody's here today who has never accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. What a wonderful day to do such a thing and be eternally saved. Eternally saved. And it's simple. It's simple. Just believe. Amen. You don't have to do any great thing to, to prove it. You don't have to prove it to nobody. Just what's in your heart by faith in Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed on Calvary. He'll come into your life and he'll save you. He'll change you. He'll turn you around. And that's what's about to happen to Zacchaeus. Let us consider three thoughts in this scripture. Number one, the necessity that Jesus expressed. What was that? He said, Zacchaeus, I must abide at your house today not tomorrow not next week not next month today we're not promised tomorrow folks none of us if jesus is calling you answer today don't wait it could be too late uh had several funerals over the past few weeks Hey, it could be today. If Jesus is knocking on your heart's door, please open up to him. Please accept him. Amen? Don't wait till it's too late to call on the name of Jesus. He felt the urgent call. Jesus felt the urgent call of a sinner who needed and who would accept his mercy. Jesus felt the, uh, a person who would respond to his choice. Jesus felt that Zacchaeus was a character whose salvation would magnify his grace. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus would be a host that would hardly entertain him. And Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was a case or a convert who would advertise the gospel to everyone he knew. Zacchaeus was a changed man when he, after Jesus came to his house. Uh, there was a necessity of love that we talked about in the men's class 
uh, in the Redeemer's gracious heart. He loved people. And isn't it interesting, we'll get into this a little bit more in a minute, but isn't it interesting how Jesus, the King of glory, creator of the world, one and only, no question, only went to Zacchaeus' house. The, probably the most hated man in town. Amen. And what did people do? They didn't say, hey, boy, Jesus, you go, man. You go get him. They murmured. They complained. Well, he's going to eat with that sinner, man. But that's what the Bible tells us, that Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. So point number two would be the questions that we should explore in our life, in your life, in my life, in relation to this story. The behavior and response of Zacchaeus ought to prompt some questions in our hearts and in our minds. Uh, as we think about, will we receive Jesus this day as our Savior? The Bible says in verse number six that Zacchaeus made haste and came down. Amen. Uh, will we receive him heartily, Jesus that is, as our Savior? Or is there a spot in, in your life, Christian, my life, Christian, where, hey, we've let some things move in and kind of push Jesus out? You know, it's a good day to take care of things like that. Amen. Uh, will we receive him heartily? Zacchaeus did in verse number six. It says that he received him joyfully. Amen. Uh, will we receive him no matter what others may say? We said a minute ago in verse number seven, the people what? They all murmured. <laughs> oh, man, he's going to be with a bunch of sinners. You know, what's up with that, Jeremy? What the world? But that's who Jesus came to seek, and of which I am one. Amen. I'm kind of like Paul. I feel like sometimes I'm the chiefest, don't you? Uh, number four, will we receive him as our Lord? Uh, we find in verse number 8a that the Bible says, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. See, Zacchaeus was a changed man just a few minutes ago. He was taking in, wasn't he? Anything he could get and then some. He'd go to where the law told him to go and go above that and get a little bit to pad his pocket with. But now he's giving back. Why? Because Jesus came to his house. Amen? Jesus came knocking on his door, and Zacchaeus was just, you know, he went out there on a curiosity thing. He wanted to see Jesus. He'd heard, hey, this Jesus is coming through town. I want to see this guy that I've been hearing so much about. Jesus was working on his heart. Jesus was going out of his way in this story. If you read it, he's on his way right now in this story. Jesus is on his way to a place called Jerusalem where he's going to be captured, where he's going to be falsely tried and falsely accused, where he's going to be beaten and mocked, spit on, crown of thorns on his head, and he's going to die on an old rugged cross to save Zacchaeus, to save Sam Bettyfield, to save Scotty Heavily. He's going to shed his precious, precious blood for me. Amen? Now, if that don't do something for you, 
Maybe he's knocking. Maybe Jesus is knocking on your door today. Christian, maybe he's knocking on your door today saying, hey, you know what's wrong. Let's get it straight now. Come on back in. Let me into your house. Let me into your heart. Let me push that out of your heart, whatever's in there. Let me get it out of the way. Let's fellowship. Let's be, hey, let's have, what's Chad say? Let's have a relationship. Amen. Jesus wants to be your best friend. Josh sings about it. I've heard Scotty say it for years. He's my best friend. Uh, if you've ever experienced Jesus coming to your house, you know exactly what we're talking about. Ain't nobody like him, are they? Nobody. He's, hey, he's the greatest. There's no question. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. And he proved it right there. And, hey, one time was enough for the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Jesus loves you. So will we receive him as our Lord in our life? Will we receive him so as to place everything that we have? Every, now, let's think about it. Everything we have, we need to place it under the control of Jesus. Everything. Our homes, our families, our pocketbooks, our vehicles. It's his anyway. You know? He's let us borrow it. Uh, he lets us ride down the road in a nice vehicle. He, he, he puts a little money in our pocket so we can go buy groceries with next week. This is Thanksgiving week, folks. We've got stuff to be thankful for. He gave me a wonderful family. Wonderful family. Most of them gone on the glory now, but I'm going to see them again because of Jesus. Amen. If you've got loved ones gone on the glory, you're going to see them again because of Jesus. If you'll answer that knock. He's knocking on somebody's heart right now. Something's going on somewhere. Jesus is knocking, always knocking. He's always seeking. He's always going out of his way as he is in this story to find a sinner. He knows where they're at. He knows, he knows, he knows the strings to pull, Jeremy. Uh, and if we're not careful and we, we put it off, we'll put it off, we'll put it off. And I've seen people, you've seen people, I've talked to people who said, well, I wish I'd listen. I don't feel that anymore. I don't hear that knocking anymore. What a sad state of affairs that is when you don't hear it anymore. So if Jesus is knocking on your door today, hey, go to the door, amen, answer. Let Jesus in, please. I beg you. Now, there's some understanding that is involved in this story as well. If the Lord comes to abide in our house, and listen, we got to be ready to face some objections from those around us. What they do? Murmured. Uh, he's he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make some changes in our life if we'll allow him to. And not everybody's going to like it. But we've got to be ready to accept that. And hey, he's worth it. People are going to talk about you. That's okay. Let them talk. They're going to talk about somebody. If they talk about me, they're leaving somebody else alone, my daddy used to say. Amen. Is he knocking? Christian? 
unsaved person? Is Jesus knocking on your heart today? Huh? Listen to him. Let me in. Let me in. You ever notice in the picture you see Jesus standing at the door? There ain't no doorknob, are they? You know why? Because you got to do the opening. He's not going to force. He didn't force himself on Zacchaeus. He pretty much told him I'm a coming, but he didn't force him. Jesus wants to be the greatest thing in your life today. Not tomorrow, today. So we got to be ready to face some objections, some, some people that's going to murmur at us and say, oh boy, I knew there wasn't nothing to that anyway. But we got to get rid listen now, we got to get rid of all the things in our homes or in our lives which may be objectionable to Jesus. There are some things that God simply will not tolerate. No ifs, ands, no buts. He said, don't, don't. He said, do, do, right? Pretty simple stuff. You accept or you believe. There's two groups of people right here today. They save people, there's unsaved people. I hope everybody here is saved, but I don't know your heart. I trust everybody is saved, but I don't know your heart. Maybe he's knocking right now. I don't know. But Jesus wants to be in every heart in this room. I know that. He wants us all. He came to seek and save so that all, not a few of us, not 90%, 95, 99, even 99.9, .9, he wants everybody to go to heaven. Uh, I read a little statement some years ago from somebody, and they said this, 99.9% unsaved is just unsaved, period. I mean, if there's a one-tenth of one percent of you that, that feels like you got it made, you're still lost, in other words. you got to give it all to Jesus to be one of his children. So we got to admit, we got to uh, get rid of all the things in our homes which would be objectionable to him. And we got to admit that none who would grieve our heavenly guest, his friendship, must end our friendship with the world. We got to push the world away 100% Jesus. Amen? Amen? Now, we're living in the world. We'll all agree with that. I think most of us are, right? Most of us. We're still in the world. But with Jesus in our heart, it makes a change in our life. We got to let him rule over our house and ourselves without any rival or reservation forever. And we got to let him use us. We've got to be instruments of light that the little people just sung about a few minutes ago. Instruments of light to spread his gospel and his kingdom, to show others the way to Jesus, to, to impress upon them the need for Jesus. I came, uh, went through and I looked some years ago, some of you will remember this, some of you, some of you only know who Porter Wagner is, I know. <laughs> but there was a, old country singer named Porter Wagner and he sang this song and it was written by Hugh Ashley. I'm not going to try to sing it because I don't even remember how it went, but I'm going to read you the words. The Bible says this, or rather the song says this, I'm sorry, if Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came in unexpectedly, I wonder what you'd do. When you saw him coming, would you meet him at the door with outstretched arms and welcome 
your heavenly visitor? Or would you need to change some things before you let him in? Like burn some magazines and put the Bible where they'd been? Would you let Jesus walk right in or would you rush about to hide your worldly music and put some hymn books out? Oh, I know that you'd give your nicest room to such an honored guest and all the food that you would serve to him would be the, sent the very best. And you'd keep on assuring him that you were glad to have him there, that serving him inside your house was a joy beyond compare. But would your family conversation keep up its normal pace? And would you find it hard each meal to say a Bible grace? And what about the songs that you would sing, the books that you would read? Would you let him know the things on which your mind and spirit feed? Would you be glad to have him meet your very closest friends or hope that they'd stay away until his visit ends? Would you take him with you everywhere that you had planned to go or maybe change your plans for just a day or so? Would you be glad to have him stay forever on and on or sigh a great relief when he had finally gone? You know, it might be interesting to know the things you'd do if Jesus came in person to spend some time with you. I'm going to play a quick verse on the piano. 